Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, Ed Begley, Gil Stratton Jr., Gloria McMillan, and B. Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Next Saturday is going to be a mighty happy day for Mr. and Mrs. Harry Zarif of New York City. On that day, March 29th, the famous Zarif quadruplets will be celebrating their eighth birthday. That's right, these famous babies, so tiny and delicate at birth, will be eight years old next Saturday. And you should see what sturdy, vigorous, happy youngsters they are. And how they go for pet evaporated milk. Yes, pet milk, the milk which helped bring them through the first hazardous months of their life, is still their favorite. And that suits Mrs. Zarif just fine, for she knows how very much this safe, easy-to-digest milk means to her children. She knows that pet milk will help them through all their growing years to build strong, straight bones, good sound teeth, and to have fine, well-developed bodies. What pet evaporated milk has done and is doing for the Zarif children, it can also do for yours. Your grocer has pet milk. Get several cans tomorrow. Well, it seems there were two nice kids in Westville Vista named Debbie Lynn and Ed Tatum. Debbie and Eddie were sweethearts. Golly, and how they did love. He was her man, but he only made 30 bucks a week. So they went to talk it over with Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, uh, I thought you were doing okay at Kramer's Drugstore, Eddie. I heard you were making quite a splash as a soda jerk. Oh, sure. Some splash. Yeah? Big stuff. Yeah. Mr. Kramer told me last week he was going to name me chairman of the board. Chairman of the board? That's the board he cuts the sandwiches on, Mrs. McGee. Oh. Yeah. Every time I ask him for a raise, he tells me how tough things are at the store. Well, if he's talking about his ham sandwiches, he's got the right idea, Leah. They're the tough... Oh, I don't know why we should bother you with our troubles, Mr. McGee, but Ed and I want to get married, and we'll never be able to on his salary. How much do you make a week, Ed? Thirty dollars, ma'am. I got a raise three years ago, but... <laughs> Thirty bucks a week? My gosh, that ain't bad. Why, when I was your age, I was only making eight bucks a week. I could afford shoes with genuine imitation pearl buttons, too. But, Mr. McGee, when you were at... I worked at old man Wiggins' hay and grain store in them days. Had a swell job, too. Used to spend all morning in the grain department and all afternoon in the hay. I remember the day Mr. Wiggins fired you when he caught you sleeping on the job. Yeah. It seems somebody ordered a batch of alfalfa... And he had to load it himself. Yeah. Well, he stuck a pitchfork in a pile of hay and they heard you scream at the Union Station. <laughs> ah, I was in the office with Lily Wiggins when it happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, good old Lil. I forgot all about her. So had I. I wonder whatever happened to Lily. <laughs> I understand she moved to Kansas City and got in a kind of a romantic mess. She did. Couldn't decide whether to marry a fellow named Pringle or another fellow named Dingle. 
Liked both of them, did she? That was the trouble. Pringle was a tall fellow who gangled, and Dingle was a clumsy fellow who bungled. <laughs> but both Pringle and Dingle made her tingle. Well, it must have been difficult for the two lads. Yeah, all they did was wrangle. <laughs> Pringle threatened to tangle with Dingle, and Dingle threatened to mangle Pringle. Well, what did Lily finally do? Well, she didn't want to stay single, so she married Pringle and let Dingle dangle. <laughs> Just what I would expect of Lily. <laughs> but we're getting off the subject. Like I was saying, Ed, 30 bucks a week ain't bad. I and Molly got married on less than that, and we made out swell. Oh, but things have changed since then, Mr. McGee. Everything is a lot higher now. Funny thing about that, though. Most of our money goes farther today than it did then. How do you figure that, sir? Well, in them days, most of our money stayed right in the town where we lived, see? Now it goes farther. <laughs> Clear to Washington. <laughs> Don't you get it, kids? It's a play on words. Washington is farther away. It ain't than... funny, McGee. Oh. <laughs> Probably millions of people agree with you. Well, if you should hear of another job of any kind, Mr. McGee, I wish you'd let Ed know. I'll just be an old maid if he stays with Mr. Kramer. Well, I'll keep my ears open, kids. Maybe if I had a talk with Kramer... Oh, it's must... no use, Mr. McGee. I'd better get going, too. You won't be in till late this afternoon, and I'm in charge of the store today. You're running the store? Hey, wait a minute. This is our chance. Chance for what? Chance to pry a big fat raise out of old Kramer. I'll come with you and show you how a drugstore ought to be run. Modern methods, scientific selling, and you can take all the credit. Oh, dear. <laughs> it sounds great, but Mr. Kramer's mighty old-fashioned. He's not much for new ideas. Don't you worry, Eddie. When he comes in and sees how we doubled his business, he'll want to make you a full partner. Why, I'll have that store buzzing like a batch of bumblebees in a beer bottle. <laughs> McGee, are you sure this is a wise move? If Mr. Kramer... Leave us not be skeptical, Mrs. McGee. I got quite a background in the drug business, you know. After old man Wiggins stabbed me with the pitchfork... <laughs> I went to work at Duffner's Drugstore. Yes. Remember? Yes, I remember. I also remember that you didn't work for Mr. Duffner very long either. Yeah, just three days to be exact. Then he caught me with my hand stuck in the whorehound candy jar. Quite a career. Yeah, but we won't get Ed or Ray standing here. Start the car, Ed. Grab your hats, girls. We're off to Kramer's Drugstore. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra, and after I say I'm sorry.
first thing we got to do is dress this drugstore up a little, Ed. Yes, sir. Get some flash into it, some eye appeal. Eye appeal? Yes, and I appeal to you right now, dearie. Don't you do anything rash. Don't you worry, kiddo. Boy, does this place need my touch. Look at that sign behind the soda fountain there. Ice cream soda's 25 cents. What kind of selling is that? Well, it tells the story. Yank it down, Ed. Make up a new sign that says ice cream soda's 50 cents. 50 cents? Yeah. Then run a line through the 50 and make it 25 cents. <laughs> sure, that way people will think they're getting a bargain, see? See, that is a bright idea, that may Boy, be. shucks, it's nothing any red-blooded American boy couldn't have thought of. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen the price marked down on anything in years. Gosh, Mr. McGee, you sure think them up. <laughs> That's just a starter, Eddie. I got ideas for you that I ain't even thought of yet. <laughs> Uh-oh, customer. Now, you watch how I handle him, Eddie. Good morning, sir. What can I do for you, Buster? I'd like a large box of birdseed. Birdseed? Yes, I raise canaries. From seed? <laughs> Cut it out, bud. Anybody knows you raise canaries from eggs. Oh, a smart aleck, eh? Well, I'll get it across the street. Hey, no. hey gee, Mr. McGee, that was one of our best customers. He, he's rich. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. <laughs> Great sense of humor. Well, let's get busy here. First thing I'll do is make up a menu for lunch. You got a pencil? Yes, sir. Shoot. Okay, write this down. Special today, seven-course dinner, soup to nuts, 59 cents. Put that in the front window. Fifty-nine cents? For a seven-course dinner? Oh, McGee. Count them up, kiddo. Here's the menu. Soup, bread, butter, water, cup of coffee, ice cream cone, and a salted peanut. <laughs> Soup to nuts, right? Ah, heavenly days, you merchants. <laughs> I'll never understand big business. Yeah, it's all in the modern sales approach, Tootsie. You run on in the back room and let her up that menu, Eddie. I'll pick out a good cigar here and think up some more ideas. Yes, sir. See, if I can impress Mr. Kramer with a win. Uh, let me see. One of these alfalfa Coronas ought to taste pretty good. Better take a pocketful just in case I... Oh, hi, Ducky. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, my dear. Hey, what are you doing behind the cigar counter, glue fingers? <laughs> You're playing footsie with the cash register. I'm working here today, Satchel Back. Oh. Kramer's out, and I come down here to show Ed Tatum how to run a drugstore. Oh, great. Where is Ed? Go in the back room and poison himself when you came in? <laughs> Very amusing, George. Very amusing. <laughs> you ought to go on TV, Doc, as the funny fat family physician. Or <laughs> if they could ever make a screen big enough to hold all of you at once. Oh, now, McGee, the doctor isn't that big. Almost. My goodness, I saw a General Sherman tank on TV last week. <laughs> so they could get the doctor on all right Thank you, Molly <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm to be on television tomorrow night oh. Are you really? Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you'd like to guest on the program with me, McGee Me, Doc? Television? Yeah, on the local station, yes Oh, gee I could make the arrangement, you could be my co-star Oh, how wonderful Gee, that's swell of you, Doc What, pro what program is it? Well, it's called The Doctor Operates. Oh? It's just televised to hospitals. Oh. Well, what do I have to do? Just lay there. <laughs> I'll see you. Go on, Molly. 
smart guy. I got a good notion to go on that TV show with him just to show the big pickup. I'd like to tell a few million people that he's took my tonsils out three times and they keep coming back on me. Hey, I got a great idea. So have I. Let's get out of here. No. No kidding. We'll run a combination sale. Four items for one price. Package deal. For instance, say, uh, oh, a two-dollar package with a pair of specs, jar of salve, and a deck of cards, and a box of soap flakes. Well, now, who on earth would want that combination? Well, it'd be very handy for a nearsighted guy with a split lip who wanted to play solitaire while he took a bubble bath. <laughs> well, frankly, dearie, I doubt that there's much demand for that. Oh, I didn't see you, sir. Something we can do for you? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'd like a pair of specs, a jar of salve, and a deck of cards, please. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, may I ask what you want with them? Oh, my nearsighted brother with a split lip wants to play me a little canasta. Why? Well, I just wondered. Here you are, sir. And I'm going to throw in a box of soap flakes for free. Two dollars, please. You see, kiddo, in the drug business, you got to expect anything. Why, I got more ideas well, I for this place. you paste it up in the front window, Mr. McGee. Good. Now, I got a few more sales ideas for you, too, boy. I'll have this joint rocking like a ferry boat. Yes, he's an old hand at rocking the boat, Ed. <laughs> oh, hello there, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hi, Junior. What can we do for you? Uh, are you working here, pal? I'm just giving Ed the benefit of my experience, sort of showing him the ropes. Well, if Ed's smart, he'll take the ropes and tie your hands behind you. <laughs> can you uh, wait on me, Ed? Oh, sure, Mr. Wilcox. The usual? The usual, Ed. Okay. Cup of coffee and a can opener coming up. Did he say a cup of coffee and a can opener? That's right, pal. I always carry a can of that good, rich pet milk for my coffee and need the can opener to open it. You carry a can of pet milk in your pocket? My breast pocket, Molly, next to my heart. <laughs> you see, I like coffee, and there's no coffee like coffee with pet. Pet milk, that good, sweet country milk evaporated to double richness. Oh, yes. Nothing brings out the rich, full-bodied flavor, the deep, satisfying deliciousness of a cup of coffee like pet milk. Here you are, Mr. Wilcox. Ah, thanks, Eddie. Look at that beautiful color, kids. Mm. With that lovely aroma. Smells good, too. Ah, cold day like this. Oh, hey, did I tell you my idea uh, for people who get lost in the snow? No, Hilo, you didn't. If it's all the same to you, well, I don't look, think... No, no, no. Now, wait a minute, look. You know, they send out a St. Bernard with a flask of brandy around its neck to find people like that? I know that. I do. Uncle Dennis sent us a postcard about that from Switzerland last winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got up early every morning and went out and got lost for the day. Uh, yeah, well, my... My idea is to send out two dogs. Oh? A collie with a cup of coffee and a poodle with a pitcher of pet. You like it? Junior, you know what Molly said Uncle Dennis used to do every morning in Switzerland? Get lost? Yes. <laughs> okay, pal. Okay, okay, okay. I can take a hint. So long, Molly. Well, back to work, kids. Make up them signs, Eddie. Then we'll rearrange the showcases and set this store up modern. Put the cigar counter over here, the hot water bottles down by the door. Move the magazine rack in the back room so I can sit down there and read. We'll Hello, take... daughter. Hi there, Connie. What you doing, kid? Well, I'm running the joint today, old-timer. Yeah. What's for you? Well, I wanted a bag of candy, Johnny. What kind? 
The loud kind, son. Oh? I don't care what it tastes like, just as long as it's noisy. <laughs> what you want that kind of candy for? For me and Bessie to eat in the movies, Johnny. Oh? We go in and see the show, and when it starts a second time, we go to work on the candy. <laughs> you mean you wait until the second show to eat it? Yep. Then people complain about the noise, the usher throws us out, and we get our money back. <laughs> Well, that's quite a system. Uh, never misses. No? Me and Bessie got so good at gnawing on the candy that we sort of harmonize. She crunches the alto part, and I chop tenor. <laughs> well, I can see why people would complain. Oh, drives them frantic, daughter. Last week, we went to see one of them action pictures, and a lady next to us fainted. <laughs> what made her faint? Happened when Errol Flynn dove off of a cliff. Yeah? Just as he hit the water, I bit down extra hard, and she thought Errol had busted his neck. <laughs> I gather you and Bessie are still billing and cooing. Yep, I had her out for a ride in my new hot rod this afternoon, daughter, and I... Hot rod? You drive a hot rod? No kidding. Build it myself, Johnny. Yeah? Got all kinds of gadgets onto it, too. Bucket seats, safety belts, automatic rearview mirror that whistles when a cop shows in it. Well, sounds pretty snazzy, all right. Yep, me and Bessie zinged out the road about ten miles today and... Blew a tire, though. Oh, boy. Blew a tire out in the country, boy. That's trouble. No trouble at all in that hot rod of mine, son. No? I got me a little gadget with that car that jacks up the wheel, takes off the tire, and puts on the spare without me ever getting out of my seat. My gosh, boy. I'd like to have one of those. What do you call it? Bessie. <laughs> the King's Men and the Gandhi Dancers Ball. They dance on the ceiling and they dance on the wall at the Gandhi Dancer's Ball. Now a Gandhi dancer is a railroad man and his work is never done. With his pick and his shovel and his willing hand, he makes the old railroad run. There's Mackinac Mac and Toledo Jack when the boys from Idaho. There's the Frisco Kid and Saginaw Sid and good old Cotton Eye Joe. They dance on the ceiling and they dance on the wall at the Gandhi Dancer's Ball. Swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy 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 John. Now the boys will gather at the great affair at the Gandhi Dancer's Ball. And every line is represented there, the big ones and the small. There's the MKT and the old ST and the Lehigh Valley too. There's the CNJ and the Santa Fe and the Burlington BMQ. They dance on the ceiling and they dance on the wall at the Candy Dancers Ball. Swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy 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 John. So swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around, swing around the Jimmy John. Swing around, swing around the Jimmy 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 John. They dance on the ceiling and they dance on the wall as the candy Sir, 
Here's your change. I'll take this alarm clock here, please. A dollar, right? Correct, madam. And this low price is possible today on account of because the boy and I dropped a showcase full of them just a while ago. Well, it seems to work all right. Here's the dollar. Well, if it doesn't run, just bring it back to Mr. Kramer. Oh, hi, Ed. How are we doing, boy? Plenty of business, huh? Oh, we sure got customers, Mr. McGee. You betcha. But... I don't think Mr. Kramer's going to like us selling these clocks so cheap, though. Volume, Ed, volume. That's the key to success. How's the cosmetic counter going, Molly? Wonderful, dearie. At the prices you've got up there, I don't see how Mr. Kramer's going to break even, though. Well, that's Kramer's problem, kiddo. <laughs> Betcha. I and Ed are in the selling end of the business. It's up to Kramer to do the buying. Right, Ed? Yes, sir. Betcha. It's one way to look at it, all right. I don't know, Mr. McGee. I got kind of an uneasy feeling about when Mr. Kramer gets back here. Well, I'll go a little further than that, Ed. When he comes in the front door, I think I'll go out the back. Uh, Got to have courage to be a successful businessman these days, Eddie. Oh, Mr. Kramer's brave, all right. It's me that I'm not so sure about. <laughs> Gosh, if he decides to fire me, Debbie and I'll never be able to... Why get... are you after all the business we've done for him today? Why, he wouldn't dare. Why, oh, oh excuse me, madam. Uh, something I can do for you? Got a nice sale on the line about Gee, I don't know. I, I got a strange feeling that... Oh, hello there, Oli. Hello, Ed. Where's Kramer? Well, he's out today, Mr. Swenson. Mr. McGee is helping me to run the store. Oh, oh, you get trouble, son. Well, he's got a lot of big ideas, all right. He thinks we can get me a raise so I can get married. Well, all I can say is if McGee helps you, don't count your chickens till he gets through laying eggs. (laughs) Look, uh, you got some furniture polish? Yes, sir. My little Lorsch, you know, he makes a cedar chest in manual training, and he wants something to go... Uh, I'll take it, Ed. What can I do for you, Ollie? Well, I was just looking for something for my little Lorsch to put on his chest, McGee. He's home from school, His and... chest, huh? Hey, Molly, Ollie's kid is home from school. Wants something to rub his chest with. Oh, the poor lad. Yeah. How does he feel, Ollie? Has he got a bad congestion? No, his congestion is fine, Mrs. He eats like a horse. <laughs> Molly means his chest. Yes, yes. Is it red, Ollie? Well, it's sort of red and white with streaks. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's not very pretty. It's about what we expect. Boy, you sure are taking it casual. Does he cough much? Yes. Uh, has he been sneezing, Ollie? Oh, he sneezed a lot, lot first, Mrs. I, I think it was the sawdust that does it. Sawdust? Sure. A lot of chest was half full of sawdust when he get home from school. <laughs> Chest full of sawdust? Well, where do you expect to find in a homemade cedar chest for manual training? Pots of gold, McGee? <laughs> cedar chest. Oh, my gosh. I thought the hey. kid was up. Hey, Tatum, where are you? Oh, Mr. Kramer. School's out now, boys. Hey, what goes on here? What's the meaning of that sign out front? Oh, which sign, Mr. Kramer? You know which sign. Hello, Mrs. McGee. That banner that says don't go across the street to get cheated, come here. <laughs> well, I have. Uh, we... Well, uh, gosh, Mr. McGee, say something. Hi, Kramer. <laughs> Who moved these showcases? Where's the cigar stand? What goes on here? I'll tell you what goes on here, Kramer. Tell him, dearie. You want to buy something, McGee, or did you stop to get your lighter filled again? Well, can somebody sell me... Now, look, Kramer. I've been showing Ed a few principles on how to run a drugstore for you. What? You got a good man here, Kramer, and you've been paying him starvation wages. And I come down here to see that he gets a raise. That's the stuff, dearie. I think I'll go get my hat. Well, get me some furniture, Paul. You stay where you are. <laughs> now, you listen to me, Kramer. Unless you give Ed the raise he deserves, by George, I'll take my business across the street. Me too. Get back. McGee, 
You don't mean that. Oh, yes, he does, Mr. Kramer. He feels very strongly about it. I'll say I do. I've been trading with you for a long time, boy. Yes, you have, McGee. I'm telling you, Kramer, if you don't give Ed here, you don't get him a raise like he deserves, I'll never set foot in this crummy joint again. Well, now, maybe we can work this thing out all right, McGee. All right. Uh, Come back behind the prescription counter here and let's talk it over. Okay. You wait here, Molly. Don't you worry, Ed. I swore I'd get you a raise, boy. Oh, gosh, Mrs. McGee. Can I ride home with you and Mr. McGee? And will you tell Debbie how it happened? Maybe I can get a job digging ditches. Or... Oh, now, don't you worry, Ed. Mr. McGee's pretty stubborn when he makes his mind up to something. I wouldn't be surprised if Well, he... Ed, it's all set, boy. I told you I'd get you a raise. What? Good for you, dearie. Oh, Mr. McGee, you... Gee, you mean I... Yeah, I just signed an agreement with Kramer covering all my drugstore business from now on. He agreed to give Ed a $10 raise and a promotion. Oh, good for you, dearie. Yeah. You did scare him after all. He agreed to give Ed the raise if you'll agree not to take your business across the street, right? Well, not exactly. <laughs> I'll read it to you. It says, I, Kramer the druggist, agree to give Ed a raise if you, McGee, swear to take your business across the street and stay out of my drugstore from now on. <laughs> Signed, F. McGee. Oh. Well, come on. Let's go across the street and get my lighter filled. <laughs> Fibber and Molly return in a moment. You know, about this time of year, in millions of homes, women sigh and say, I wish someone would give me an idea for a new and appetizing kind of meatless dish. Well, Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor has made that wish come true with her new recipe for olive and tuna super supper, a one-dish meatless meal that's a dandy. A delicious combination of tuna, California ripe olives, noodles, and a green vegetable put together with the best-tasting cheese sauce you ever met up with. Cheese sauce made with pet evaporated milk. No wonder it's good. Pet Milk is good sweet country milk concentrated to double richness. All the goodness, all the important protein that's in a quart of good, sweet country milk is concentrated in a pint of pet milk. That's one big reason why olive and tuna super supper is so super and so satisfying and nourishing. You'll see the recipe for olive and tuna super supper featured in more than a dozen popular women's magazines. Use it soon. Your family will really enjoy it. It's good to get home and sit down, dearie. What are you reading? I found a fascinating story in a magazine down at Kramer's Drugstore. Brought it home. Hmm. What is the magazine? Radio TV Mirror. The April issue. Terrific story. I'm going to read it again. What makes it so fascinating? I think it's the subject matter. It's a life story of two sweet, gentle, wonderful people. That kindly, lovable old couple from Peoria, Fibber McGee and Molly. You mean us? Yeah. Good night. Good night, all. (laughs) 
The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Most children seem to build a little world of their own, centered around their school and playmates. But what happens when a child's world must be changed? That's the big question young wife Sally Carter is faced with in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Right after the story, you'll be given a preview of the recipe of the month for April, Pineapple Upside Down Cake, a new work-saving way to make a big cake that's full of old-fashioned goodness. Tune in sure next Saturday morning to this same NBC station for the story of the week and Mary Lee Taylor's recipe for pineapple upside down cake. Brought to you by Pet Milk. Now, Eddie Cantor brings you his show business show on NBC. NBC.